0: Hey everybody! Just a quick note about this week's episode. Last September we had the privilege to make an appearance on the Poe Duty Podcast Network to take part in the International Podcast Day celebration, and the episode you're about to hear is our entry to the event. It was recorded live, and podcasters from all over took part. However, since we were not recording under our normal conditions, parts of the audio and sound effects are not up to our normal standards, so please give the sound quality a pass on this one. I mean, also, if I sound like I jumble my words, stutter or in general sound like some sort of chump, then please blame the technical recordings of this show as well. Even though the truth is, I do plenty of that during the show this time around. If you have a podcast and would like to take part in this coming year's International Podcast Day event, let me know and I can put you in contact with the right people or you can head over to poduty.com. That's poduty.com, or click the link in this episode's show notes, and they can take it from there. It was a good time, and I recommend taking your show to the 2024 event. We only had 30 minutes to perform our show, so things go pretty quick in this episode, and we had to streamline things down from our normal format of the home game. So, with no further ado, here's a condensed home game that we hope you especially like.
1: Especially like.
0: We start the episode with the event already in progress.
1: We are at the bottom of the hour. We have a show coming up next. And I'm not going to say that I'm a little excited to see it because I got my my Who Oh, movie. your fanboy shirt. fanboy of our next oh uh, uh, podcast. Now nah, you know, I'm not like biased about, you know, all, they're like, <laughs> they're, they're children. They're all my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, we but, all say that as parents, but it's not. Yeah. parents are all liars so here we go there's uh we'll bring zabe to the board hello everybody hey zabe Zabe.
0: what's up everyone
1: zabe is the host of the who will save generation x podcast yo get ready for this one
0: excited to be here thank you so much we have a limited amount of time and a lot of show to get to so let's get right to it and i'll start by saying hello and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Xavier, host, and tonight the judges and I are honored to take part in this International Podcast Day event brought to you by our friends over there who run the Poe Duty live events. <coughs> it's a duty. <laughs> I think it's been a very successful day here so far. Yeah, it's that kind of show, people. And we hope to keep the ball rolling and entertain you for the next 30 minutes. 30 minutes! Our show is normally about an hour. And it's going to be a tough job to save the pop culture Generation X from being forgotten in such a short amount of time. So we have a condensed version of the show for you to sample here tonight. And we welcome you to play along with us as well. Since we only have about a half hour here to present our show, it really puts some pressure on us to get it right. There's no margin for error, and that makes for a very stressful gameplay. I haven't felt this kind of pressure to be perfect at something since that last time I played the Gen X era puzzle game called Perfection. You remember that game? You had to fit all the geometric shapes into the specific matching little holes, all while that super annoying timer made you feel like a bomb was about to explode when the time ran out. Yeah, that's the one. I think we can trace back a lot of our Gen X trauma to that freaking game. So let's stop wasting time and get right to it before our time runs out and we relive the feeling of that board game exploding on us. Here's how we play. Each episode, we invite a special guest and let them set the benchmark score for you to try and beat at home. Each round has a different game for you to try out. And at the end, you can compare your score with that of our special guest benchmark and earn your rank on the quiz. Our special guest this episode is a personal friend of mine, a fellow podcast host of a show called Gen X Voice. Her show is a place where they try to bridge two opposing generations while celebrating the generation in between that has been ignored. This is where their stories come to light and show us that Generation X aren't just a bunch of Karens. Please welcome to the show a guest that knows all the slang words from Generation X in both English and French, Trish the Dish.
1: Hi, Trish. Thanks for coming and joining us at this rad event. Thanks for having me, Zabe. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself very quickly.
1: Very quickly. I'm Trish the Dish. My podcast is uh, has been on pause for a little bit, but I still want to promote it because the stuff is still out there and I think it's still relevant. I just wanted to say that I'm a backpacker, dog mom, plant collector, and a Star Wars fangirl. And this summer, I completed the holy trinity of seeing the cure. So if y'all don't know, that's The Smiths, Depeche Mode, and The Cure. Although I didn't see The Smiths, I saw Morrissey. I still count that. It's so rad to be here with you, Dave. Let's do this. Works. Oh, and right. The The. So I also saw Johnny Marr. I just didn't see them on the same stage.
0: Judges, the scene Morrissey as seeing The Smiths in this case. Since you co-founded The Smiths, yeah. Yeah. do you ever miss that group?
1: No, no. We were very young. We didn't know what we were doing, and we didn't like each other that much.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Trish. Restart. Whoops. That timer is freaking me out. We got to keep going. The Power Struggle. So we open every episode with a game we call The Power Struggle. And in this game, you will hear five quick clips from Generation X. The game is you must name those five quick clips in the order that they are played. All the clips will be from a pop culture reference from Generation X between the dates of 1970 and 1995. If you get all five correct and in the correct order, then you'll be bumped up an entire letter grade and rank at the end of the quiz that'll make more sense to you at the end of the game i promise we will listen to the power struggle clip a couple of times during the episode first time we're going to play it right here trish good luck there's that damn thing again that's nasty why
1: that's check Gary. he won't need it he hates everything he likes it hey mikey
0: there are a total of 18 points available tonight so everyone grab a pen and paper and keep track of your score you're going to need it at the end and it'll help you also write down the uh, answers to the power struggle it's a, it's a good deal crap there's that timer again so let's stop talking about it let's do it it's time to see if you can save generation x from fading into oblivion round one Round one this episode, there is no way that we can have Trish the Dish on without playing the game that's named after our special guest podcast. It's a game that is called, what else? But Gen X Voice. Trish, thanks again for letting us use the name of your show for the title of this game.
1: And my music. And your music. That's my guitar. Don't sue us. Uh, <laughs>
0: in this game, we're going to listen to three clips of famous voices of the generation timeline. And you need to tell me whose voice it belongs to. So we're looking for the name of the person speaking here. Each correct answer is worth two points. Okay. For voice one, we're looking for the name of the woman speaking in this clip. Around the time when I first started touring, uh, something in me being the most uh, patriotic person you can find, uh, I had decided I was going to be in Iceland forever. And it was a paradise and everything else was evil. Whose Gen X voice is that, Trish?
1: I mean, you know, I knew like within the first word, that is the one and only Bjork. Bjork.
0: That is correct. Well done. For no bonus points, spell Bjork. R K.
1: B-J-O-R-K. Bjork. We thought we'd
0: throw you with the umlaut, but well done. Good job. <laughs> not, a chance,
1: not a chance, not a chance.
0: Here's a fun fact. Known for her art pop music, Bjork was for sure a person that pushed the boundaries of genres and contributed to the music scene of Generation X. Bjork has said that she is neurodivergent. And it is encouraging to see those who fall somewhere in the autistic spectrum find their way in a world that they see so different from the neurotypical. Bjork and other neurodivergent people that we meet every day are the kind of people that adds to our world in a way that may not be easy to point to. But at the end of the day, we should be very thankful to them for making this earth a more interesting place to live. Good work, Bjork. Our next voice is taken from a stand-up comedy routine. Whose famous comedic Gen X voice is this? I think people who are out of work. Instead of giving them money, we should give them a banjo because it's so happy. They can just go home. And, Did you get a job today? Dear you? Nope.
1: Doesn't matter, though.
0: Sing along, kids. Trish, what do you got? That's Steve Martin. Steve Martin, once again, correct. Well done. That's two more points for you. If you find yourself making air quotes with your fingers more than you'd like, then you have Steve Martin to thank. He made it very popular, the gesture during his guest spots on SNL and during his stand-up performances. Thanks, Steve. The judges are telling me that, uh, reminding me that listeners cannot see me making air quotes on an audio format like the podcast, but you can if you're watching the show live. So a little bonus for you. My bad, we're moving on. Quickly, voice number three is our final voice for the episode, and it might be the toughest of the bunch. Please tell me if you can name the actor speaking right here.
1: Once upon a time, there were three beautiful girls. Two of them graduated from the police academy. The other graduated from a top school for models, and they each reaped the rewards of their exciting careers. But I took them away from all that, and now they work for me. My name is Charlie.
0: Sorry, that's a bit of a long clip, but I'm definitely not going to cut out any of that Charlie's Angels theme song. Trish, <laughs> whose voice is that?
1: Oh man. I mean, it's obviously the Charlie, but I know you're looking for the guy and I cannot believe I know he was in Dynasty. I know who he is. And, Scrooged.
0: He's was in Scrooged.
1: And Scrooged. I don't, yeah. don't think I realized that. Yeah. And I'm, oh my gosh, I can't even, I can even see him in my head.
0: Well, we have a rule on the show that every question must be given an answer. That's true. You I don't want to don't blind.
1: That's right. That's right. So. I'm gonna say Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray is a Bill
0: Murray judges? It's mm-hmm. not at all. No, I'm
1: sorry. Not.
0: <laughs> John Forsythe is the correct oh, answer.
1: Gosh. I, yep. can't I even thought you'd know really it was you heard
0: Yeah. Uh, John Forsyth took the role of Charlie as a favor to his buddy, Aaron Spelling, the creator of the show. He got paid about 600 bucks a week for 15 minutes of work. He said it was the best job in town, but I got to think that the job of Charlie's Angel star Farrah Fawcett poster photographer would also be a pretty good job to have, too. That poster went on to make over 12 million dollars in revenue and adjusted for inflation. That'd be about 75 million dollars. Sorry, 57 million dollars today for one picture. It's my dyslexia popping in there. All right. We're going to move on to round two. Round two. Round two of this episode is our trivia round. Each correct answer is worth two points. Good luck. The first question is called flux your capacitor. It is a movie question. As a shout out to Jeff, the host of Stuff I Never Knew, Trivia Game Show podcast. We thought it would be appropriate to ask a back to the future question. If you're a longtime listener of a show, then you get that reference. Here's your question. What is the date that Marty McFly travels back in time to, in the film, Back to the Future? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, November 5th, 1955? Excuse me, 1955? Or is it B, March 2nd, 1952? B, June 8th, 1957? Or is it D, April 1st,
1: 1969? 69, dudes! Uh, I'm going to say A, even though I thought it was October. (laughs) A is?
0: Correct. Well done. November 5th, 1955 is the correct answer. Option B of March 2nd, 1952 was the screenplay's first original draft of the time travel date. But co-writer Bob Gale changed it in subsequent drafts to his father's birthday of November 5th. It's kind of a nice present. The next question is called, all of them had hair of gold like their mother. Well, kind of. Sure, there was a lot of blonde hair going around on TV's The Brady Bunch. But which Brady Bunch actor wasn't considered, quote, blonde enough by the show's producers? Is it A. Marie McCormick as Marcia? B Eve Plum as Jam. C, Susan Olsen as Cindy. D Florence Henderson as Carol. Or is it E Cousin Oliver played by mm, who cares?
1: (laughs) Cousin Oliver. That poor guy in his bowl cut. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I actually don't know this Abe. So I think I'm going to pick Cindy. Oh, <laughs> do I, do you,
0: you do you not, you're refusing the answer.
1: <laughs> no, no. I oh, okay. said Cindy, right. uh, even though I actually am unaware of the correct response, but it well, just seems like that should be the answer. Cause it seems like she should be.
0: I think the only reason you think it should be the answer is because it is correct. Well done.
1: Yay! Nice. This is the way. Uh, who was Pedro Pascal, who was born in <laughs> 1970, fee, like 75, like me, by the way. I can't speak because I'm trying to talk so hey, fast. Hey, we got the
0: timer going. We got to keep rolling. <laughs> Although Susan was a, was a blonde in real life, she wasn't quite blonde enough for producers to get that perfect shade of hair. Olsen's hair was regularly bleached before taping. However, the routine came to an end in season two when, like some sort of curse, the child's hair started falling out. Our final question of the round is in the music category and it's called want to be starting something fashionable. There were many things that Michael Jackson had a major impact on fashion, music and dancing are all a few aspects of our culture that were forever changed by the King of pop. Your question is when did Michael Jackson debut his iconic rhinestone bedazzled sparkly single glove? Was it at a in the music video for the song beat it? B an MTV music video Awards show performance of thriller C Motown's 25th anniversary TV special performance of Billie Jean. Or was it D at the Grammys performing that one song that goes all mama say mama say mama kusa?
1: Oh my gosh. I was just listening to a podcast about him. Oh, I think twice. And this should no be anyway. easy for you. Good. Yeah, but no, I can't remember. If it was the Grammys or the Motown special. I think it was, I'm going to say the Grammys. The
0: Grammys, where he's saying Mama say Mama Mamakusa? Mama say Mama mama Sa Mumakusa. That answer is Mama say Mama Sa, you're incorrect.
1: Oh, it is Motown! Oh, shoot. I should have gone with my instinct.
0: The first time we saw Michael Jackson's signature glove and moonwalk was at C, Motown's 25th anniversary TV performance of Billie Jean. Mama say Mama Sa Mamakusa was a borrowed line from Jackson from Cameroonian singer Manu Dibango. And his song Soul Makosa, written in 1972. Courts found in favor of Manu Dibongo, agreeing that MJ used his lyrics without permission, and he paid Dibongo in a settlement. Let's take a quick listen to see if you agree with their decision. Okay, we're going to take another listen to the Power Struggle clip here. But before we start round three, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor.
1: The ra Princess of Power, will be back right after these messages.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies
1: as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only.
1: Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item
0: at regular price. ba 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 Hey, we don't have time for commercials. Let's
1: just keep going. <laughs> and now back to She-Ra, Princess of Power. The Power. Struggle.
0: That's nasty let That's
1: check, Gary. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey Mikey. Round three.
0: Our last game of the evening is called Sing Your Life. Sing
1: your life.
0: Trish, others sing your life, but now is your chance to shine. In this game, I will play a clip from a song and you must sing the next lines of the song. You will be awarded one point for singing the next line and one bonus point for naming the band or artist who sang that song. Here's your first song. And if you think automatically you know who sings this song, the answer just might surprise you.
1: This dance ain't for everybody, only the sexy people. So all you freak-eyed mothers, get on out there and dance. Dance, I said.
0: Let's see if she's right. This dance
1: ain't for everybody, everybody. Only, only the sexy, sexy people. people. So all you freak-eyed mothers, get on out there and dance. Dance, dance. dance, I said. It. So if
0: heaven's here and we're in the fit. Judges, what is, is that close know? enough? Well done.
1: I didn't know when to stop. I, you know, I would have sang <laughs> the whole dang song. So.
0: Yeah, probably. Okay, for what—that's correct. That's one point for getting the lyrics correct. One bonus point for naming the artist. Who's that artist? Salt and Peppa. Well, that wasn't hard at all, was it? Well done. <laughs> Considering they said the name of the uh, artist uh, about twelve times in that one clip that we saw, <laughs> that's good enough. Okay, uh, here's your fun fact. Push it is for sure the best known song of Salt and Peppa. But it was not originally included on their debut album, Hot, Cool, and Vicious. It was originally just a B-side track, but after a DJ remixed the song, it became a hit and was added to a re-release of the album. And uh, I've always enjoyed this song, but clearly, this dance was not made for me.
1: You're sexy, sexy people.
0: Here, well, that kind of hurts, judges.
1: Well, weren't we twelve <laughs> when it came out? That's I don't true. Think we I, had that choice.
0: Twelve-year-old <laughs> Zabe was not very sexy. I'll, I'll give the judges that. <laughs> okay. Trish
1: was not the dish at twelve. <laughs>
0: Uh, Here's song two. Uh, When you hear the music stop, you start singing.
1: See the problems multiply if you continually decide to faithfully pursue the policy of truth. Let's see if she's correct.
0: The, the, the lyrics are, it's too late to change events. It's time to chase the consequence. Time to face the consequence, rather, uh, for delivering the proof in the policy of truth. You were singing the next line after that, I believe. So yeah. you just skipped that one little bit. I you did. know the words. Just uh, just missed it on that one. Sorry, Trish. Dang. But you can save
1: it. Who is the band? Uh, part of the Holy Trinity, Depeche Mode, my all-time favorite band.
0: You mean the band you mentioned in your intro? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well
0: done. Here's your fun fact about this song. There's some debate about what the song is all about. Some say it is a cautionary tale about how telling lies will get you into trouble. Others say it is an honest look at the very nature of truth being subjective to the speaker. One thing's for sure. Growing up in Generation X, our fathers were less interested in our personal subjective truths and more interested in finding out who changed the temperature on the thermostat. Okay, our last song of the round is a little more difficult. Certainly more difficult to understand with the dude singing here. But just do your best. My apologies ahead of time. Trish, you know I love you. When the music stops, you start. Here you go. But I'm
1: a creeper. <laughs> I'm a creeper. What the
0: hell
1: am I doing here? I don't belong here. ho, oh, oh. ho. Oh, Try, run, cry. <laughs> I bet that's none of that is right Judges! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just getting into it right there because we're a little short on time that is correct Yay! well done trish
1: that was perfect because does anyone really know what he's saying no there? nobody does <laughs> we didn't have liners for that song in the <laughs> no album. no doubt
0: well done trish that's that's impressive most impressive
1: uh well who's the band oh radiohead. Uh, radiohead uh my second favorite band of all time
0: that is correct as well Not great incredible. job that's you're gonna run up the score here Uh, Here's the fun fact. Here's another uh, song that was not originally planned to be on the artist debut album. Creep, the name of the song, became the best-selling single in the band's history. However, unlike the first one we did this round, uh, I think I do qualify for making up uh, for some of these lyrics. Sorry, Trish. I feel like a creep for making you sing the hardest part of that song. (laughs) And I feel like a creep for flubbing up my words right there. I'm here for it. We're going to take one last listen to the Power Struggle question, and then we're going to get your answer, okay? Okay. So here you go, or your last listen, right here. That's nasty,
1: Wyatt. That's check, Gary. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Uh-
0: Okay, Trish, The Dish, what is your answer for the Power Struggle question? One through five, what do you got?
1: Okay, Price is Right, RIP to the greatest host ever, Bob Parker. Bob Parker, oh my God, I just get that wrong. We can't do these fast like this. Weird Science, Um, and then it's either, Simon says, or the big alien ship sounds from Close Encounter of the Third. Time. You can't answer I'm,
0: a question two times. We gotta take your okay, first answer. Okay, Simon says. Simon is correct.
1: Okay. Yay! <laughs> Life serial uh commercial and then Girl You Know It's True by Millie Vanilli, or not exactly. Not <laughs> I mean it depends on who you are, what year it is.
0: <laughs> judges, did she get all five correct and in the correct order? Congratulations, Trisha!
1: Yeah, I did it. it! Are those each ra-
0: worth one? No, you get a whole letter grade bumped up. So it's like bonus, total bonus.
1: Yeah.
0: So congratulations. We normally don't get people who can answer the uh, Power Show clips. I don't think I
1: ever have, even when I play alone in my home. (laughs) Nice.
0: Well, that's the end of our condensed version of the show. Well, at least this portion. Trista Dish, first, thank you so much for lending your time and talents to us and our podcast. Before we hand out the ranks for the quiz, is there anything else you'd like to plug or talk about quickly before we leave?
1: Uh, no, just that if you're not obsessed with Star Wars and Dave Filoni and John Favreau, who are Gen Xers, and all of the people who are involved, like Pedro Pascal, who was born in the same year as me. There, I said it much better this time. And Rosario <laughs> Dawson, who is also a general Xer, then what are you all even doing with your lives? Because it is amazing and that's all, that's my whole life right now, is just Star Wars.
0: Everything. We would be honored if you would join us. I didn't think we get a Star Wars plug, but alright. <laughs> I'm here for it. My favorite movie. You might you
1: be paying me a little on the side. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding.
0: <laughs> we will have links where you can learn more about Trisha's podcast in the show notes for this episode. All right, everybody. Do you remember your score? There were 18 points available, but if you're playing against our special guest and scored less than how many points, Trish? 13. Then you let this Gen Xer beat you and you may want to go back and brush up on the memories of your
1: youth. I can't believe the ones I missed.
0: <laughs> let, uh, let's go to the grades and see if you're satisfied with uh, your 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 rank here this episode we're using the gen x board game system for grading the quiz let's go to the ranks a score of 17 to 18 points is a grade of an a and that earns you the rank of monopoly this might not have been the greatest game of our generation but it is certainly the most wide reaching game i bet most of us have at least one childhood monopoly story of someone losing and getting all angry about it And flip it over the table. So, for being a game that both connected us and divided us at the exact same time, we give you the rank of Monopoly for your A. Congratulations! You're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. A score of 15 to 16 points is enough for a B. And that gives you the rank of Clue. Any game that we can spend a rainy afternoon trying to figure out which one of our friends is secretly a murderer aligns well with our Gen X culture. Not to mention that Clue is the only successful board game adapted into a movie since all the rest are garbage. And I think that's saying something. I'm looking at you, Battleship. So we think that earns enough for a B on today's quiz. You got 13 points.
1: Wait, yeah, uh, wait a minute. What about the whole letter grade score? Because I got all of the-
0: Exactly correct. I was just about to say, you get a B on the, because you uh, got all the Power Struggle questions correct. So that's your rank. You got a B, Trish, well done. And if you scored 13 or 14 points, then that's enough for a C. And that gives you the rank of Parker Brothers game, sorry. (laughs) Look. This game was not so great. It's basically flipping over cards and counting. There's not a lot, of, a ton of strategy or, or thinking going on here. But I tell you, when you flip over that sorry card to send your big brother's pawn back to start and give the most condescending, sarcastic, sorry. <laughs> there's not much sweeter in any game that's ever been made, at least in that moment. So for that alone, we have to give you a C on this race. Sorry. The score of 11 to 12 points is enough for a D and that gives you the rank of effing mousetrap. <laughs> I refuse to believe that anyone actually played that game and got it to work properly. I mean, no. it, if he did, hats off to you. But I refuse to believe that you played it, you got it to work, and you actually had fun doing it. The concept was amazing, but the execution is all honked up. Mousetrap would be an F if not for our final game, but we're going to give it the rank of a D for the, <laughs> for this episode. And finally, if you score 10 or less, well, that's a failing grade, I'm afraid. And that gives you the rank of, yep, you guessed it, mother effing perfection. This game wasn't hard at all, but it wasn't trying to be hard, nor was it trying to be fun. Its only goal was to try to make you feel stressed out and give you a complex. There is no option for fun in this game. At least when you flip the board over Monopoly and watch the pieces all scatter, it relieved a little bit of tension and stress. But here, the game hogs all that for itself as it vomits out all its pieces all over your mom's coffee table. The game mocks you at every step along the way, and if the object of playing a game is to have fun, then perfection is an epic failure, as is this graven F for not getting more than 10 points on this quiz. I'm sorry.
1: Why did I play perfection all the time, though? Like, what is wrong with me?
0: <laughs> we were Gen Xers. We are glutton for punishment, and, you know, it. this pain dulled the pains of the rest of our lives. I think
1: that's why we can laugh at every terrible there.
0: thing in the world. There it is. <laughs> uh, if you got enough, I'm sorry. You can try again in the next episode of the home game and see if you can't get a passing grade. Well, that's it for this edition of the home game. Thanks to all of you out there for listening, wherever you are. If you have questions, comments, or would like to sign up to become a guest on the show. You can email me at who will save at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and invite you to become a friend of the show. It was awesome to be here at the International Podcast Day event. We hope to see you again here next year. But until then, we'll be back with our regular edition of the show in the next episode where we ask the question, who will save Generation
1: X? Later. When you're into perfection, keep on your toes. You have to be quick because here's how it goes. Push the plunger down, set the timer, fit the pieces in place, don't be slow in perfection, you've gotta move on fast, move on fast, or the pieces pop up before you put in the last.